Hello everyone, I'm here for one of my stories. This is Lindsay Dunn and today I wanted to come on and do a review of a new show coming out called The Changeling. The Changeling comes to Apple TV Plus on September 8th, 2023. It is based on a dark fantasy novel by Victor Lavelle who serves as the narrator in the show. The Changeling is adapted for the screen by Kelly Marcel and the series stars Lakeith Stanfield, Clark Bacco, Adina Porter, Samuel T. Herring, Alexis Lauder, Jared Abramson, and special guest star Malcolm Barrett. A rotation of directors take the helm, most notably Melina Matsukas, who directs the pilot episode. You may be familiar with Matsukas's work through such things as Beyonce's Lemonade and the movie Queen and Slim. And if you've seen those movies, you may understand why she was chosen to direct episode one, which is mainly about the love story between Emmy and Apollo. And Melina Mitsukas does a great job showing black couples in love in all stages of romance, as I've mentioned in the two projects that at least that I mentioned here, being Queen and Slim and Beyonce's Lemonade. So Mitsukas was definitely the right person for the job. What is the show about? It is an urban fairy tale brought to life, spun with multiple narratives and perspectives spanning continents and generations. A book collector and appraiser named Apollo, who's played by Lakeith Stanfield, falls in love with librarian Emmy, played by Clark Bacco, in 2010. She initially spurns his advances, but her defenses eventually melt, moving them from marriage to parenthood. Besides his love of books, Apollo only wants to be a good father and husband, a desire he comes by genetically. And this is where the story really sucked me in. At the library, they have a meet-cute where a homeless man wants to use the bathroom and Apollo witnesses Emmy talk this patron down with her kindness and he falls for her right away. So then he's smitten with her wanting to get this date. She initially says no. And we begin to weave in narratives from this other timeline. That timeline being the 1960s and 70s. And so while we're meeting Apollo and Emmy and falling in love with them, we also learn how Apollo's parents got together in the 60s and 70s in kind of a similar way in that the father fell hard for Apollo's mother, but she turns him down and we sh- we see that it takes him years to finally get a yes from her. But he's quite the romantic and believes he can win the woman of his dreams. Initially, this story is about their romance, the romance of Apollo and Emmy and also the romance of of Apollo's parents. And all seems perfect for Apollo and Emmy until their new son, Brian, arrives. Emmy begins to suffer from some postpartum depression, but it's a different layer of that because she's losing sleep and then the baby cries relentlessly, but only when she's taking care of the baby. The baby seems to quiet down whenever Apollo is near. And then there's these mysterious photos. They keep appearing on Emmy's phone. The photos appear for a moment and they are of Apollo with the baby, and then the photos disappear. And she's wondering who's taking the photos 
And why are they disappearing? Who's watching me? And she begins to feel paranoid and nervous. Someone appears to be watching their family. And Emmy is growing suspicious at the same time that Brian is not really her baby. And then the real nightmare begins. Something terrible happens, which I will not spoil. But Apollo must now navigate the hidden underworld of the city to reclaim his abducted son and missing wife. So in this show, Kelly Marcel concocts a very seductive genre blend of sweeping family drama, horror, romance, fairy tale, and mythology. The love story really lures us in, as well as the love story of Brian and Lillian, which are Apollo's parents. And this helps us ease into this story. We get invested in this couple because it's lovely and beautiful what is happening between them. And there's also these events that take place in New York, like the garbage strike, which actually didn't happen in New York. It happened in Memphis. But it does have these historical events that kind of create a timeline and this real strong sense of place. And it makes us feel like everything that's happening to this family is epic and larger than life, even though it's set in the real world. So we root for these couples, but the rosy-tinted glow of love is grounded by the reality of the baggage each character brings with them. We have moments where we're kind of seeing what's in the backstory of these characters. They don't talk about these things, even with the people they love the most, but we kind of see snippets of their childhood or backstory And we understand that everybody's carrying around a sort of different kind of trauma in history. We learn their stories as the fairy tale unfolds. And as these characters survive their trauma, their trauma keeps simmering under the surface, even during times of joy. And this is a quality of many shows I really like, like the Mike Flanagan Haunting of Hill House is a great example where we're learning about those characters' trauma, yet they love each other and they have this close family. And then that trauma ends up coming to the surface more and more as the story unfolds. The world building also creates the strong sense of place. I've already talked about this a little bit. Even before we meet Apollo, the show opens with this story about immigrants, immigrants traveling from Norway to America in 1825. We then move to 2010 and then to 1968. And Marcel uses these historical markers to vividly bring the setting to life. These characters are grounded not just in the current events, but in the history that we've learned about them. Also, The Changeling is a book lover's feast. Apollo and Emmy both exist in these worlds where books are revered. Apollo uses these books to find clues that aid him on his journey. So there are different stories he reads to both his child and also they read themselves for fun and they show you, we get to see what they're reading. And so I think these books serve as Easter eggs. So if you're into books in general, that is another great quality of the show. And Apollo feels like this myth made real. Even the origin of his name comes to be for a reason that we see, and it makes him feel larger than life. The Changeling is destined to really become another great Apple TV series. This network honestly 
doesn't seem to miss, or I guess it's not a network, it's a streaming service, but they have a track record now of making great TV shows that have a clear beginning and end. I think everything that I've watched of theirs has been great. And the story of the Changeling or the mythology of the Changeling is fascinating in and of itself. The story goes that if you leave a baby unintended, the fairies or goblins will kidnap the baby and swap it out for a decoy. One of the most common examples of this that you may remember is the movie The Labyrinth, where David Bowie, the Goblin King, instructs his underlings to kidnap Jennifer Connelly's baby brother. That is actually a variation of the Changeling story. They were going to take the baby and bring it to the fairyland, and then Jennifer Connelly ends up going to rescue the baby. What's fascinating about it is that the the origins of these stories is that you had people who were having a hard time feeding their children and being able to provide for an extra mouth. And so the stories became a way to kind of deal with the trauma of not being able to take care of somebody. And supposedly what would happen is the Goblin King would switch out the baby for like a stump of wood or a a human, like a dwarf, an adult dwarf who wanted to be coddled and pampered. And so it became sort of a way you could direct negative energy towards a baby that was antagonistic and think maybe the baby had something or the what you, who you thought was your baby was actually something much more sinister. And so it's a very interesting story, uh, plot device or thing how much to build a story. I recommend the series to anyone who loves dark fantasy like Sandman, The Mortal Instruments, or The Golden Compass. So all of these are dark fantasy, but it is usually set in reality or a contemporary realistic setting. We're not talking about high fantasy here like Game of Thrones. This is more low fantasy or what you might call fabulism. Or if you really like family sagas, that make the characters seem mythological and larger than life. Things like The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 3,000 Years of Longing, Pan's Labyrinth, or the Mike Flanagan Haunting of TV-verse, which have these strong character portraits, but they're usually dealing with some very horrible things. So I think this series is fabulous. I hope you'll check it out. The first three episodes are dropping on September 8th. And then after that, one episode will release every Friday. I believe there's a total of eight episodes. It's a good series to watch as we move into the Halloween season or the fall season, especially as you think about fall in New York. So that is my review of this TV series. I hope you enjoyed the review. Please let me know what you think of it by leaving a comment on either Twitter. You can follow me at one of my stories. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on threads now as well as Letterboxd and on my website, oneofmystories.com. And that's all of my review for the evening. Good night.